This is the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of February 28th. No, it's not the last day of February because we're in a leap year, guys. So we have, so we have a good special uh, 29th uh, day of February. It would uh, kind of stink if you were born on February 29th. You know, you'd be like every four years you get to only celebrate a birthday. So that'd be kind of kind of strange. So uh, I'm Derek Kessinger, joined by the editorial staff of Kevin Kobach and Kyle McFadden. And Kobach, we had two premier series racing in the same building this past weekend at Golden Isles for GIS 2.0. We had the High Limit Series uh, led by Kyle Larson and Brad Sweet and the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series led by James Essex and Rick Schwally. Uh, two top premier classes racing post-speed weeks. We had a rain out for the late models on Friday. Uh, according to Dustin Jarrett, he felt like there was a pretty good buzz there on Saturday. We had great weather there, uh, pretty solid racing. The sprint car race was good. Mike Marler was able to hold on for the victory over Brandon Shepard on that Saturday finale to end the Lucas Oil uh, Georgia, Florida, January, February uh, marathon, I guess you should say. But uh, I don't know. How do you think it all went down? Uh, do we need more of this where we have two premier classes throughout the year racing? Uh, I think it was lucky that both those classes were racing together to make sure it had that post-speed weeks buzz because I think a lot of people were tuning in especially on that Saturday night. So what was just your overall thoughts of those two series racing together as well as should we do this more? Seemed like it was pretty fun. Yeah, I I, I like it. I, I wouldn't mind seeing more of those, uh, you know, the national tours of, of both both uh, divisions kind of getting together and, and running some special races, especially, you know, it's in the well-placed areas too, you know, like a, a track. I mean, it's, it should be a big super event every time they do this. It's, uh, you know, you can't have this at some uh, little place. I mean, you're talking about uh, a major with two twenty thousand dollar win shows. That's a that's a big nut there, financial nut for a promoter, uh, whoever's running this show. And uh, so you, you you have to put a lot of it. It should be a blockbuster type of event, you know, kind of like the like a world finals. And 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 this was Golden Isles. Was it was sort of a. I mean, I I feel like it was a weird kind of time of year really for it because it's after this super long stretch on the road for, for so many of the late model teams, uh, the Lucas oil teams uh, that were coming to this. I mean, like just, just for example, I mean, I, I, I know Mike Marler who won Saturday's race at golden Isles. He was on the road for 53 days uh, since the wild west shootout at the beginning of January. Uh, really about the same for like Hudson O'Neill and a lot of other teams that left early January, didn't run a wild west shootout, but they ran, they did some testing uh, in Florida and Georgia before the start of, uh, you know, the real speed weeks with Volusia 1.0, the Sunshine Nationals. So, I mean, that is a long time on the road. I mean, you're ta- almost two months on the road to start this year. And uh, yeah, we always see like that last day at Volusia has a lot of, uh, you know, worn out crewmen and drivers at everybody because they've been on the road so long. And, and some of them just from one week. And here's like two months almost on the road for even officials too with the Lucas Oil Series because no, no, you weren't really going home after if you ran Volusia. You weren't going to go home and then come back to Golden Isles. So many of them stayed down there without, you know, any racing for a few days. And that was made it a really grueling test here. And, and, I, and I think there was, you know, that you could tell I wasn't there, but from 
yeah, just listening to some of these drivers when they were being interviewed, you could see that they were a little tired out and ready to go home after being gone for so long. And, and I think you got to be careful of that, you know, like that, that's going to affect the, 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 the buzz for a race that's a, that could be of this caliber, a, a Lucas oil and high limit race. And, uh, you don't want guys, you know, almost being like, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd rather just be home at this point. Although next year, maybe that would be, maybe they do this. The, I think in the talk of the Lucas oil series for speed weeks would be post speed weeks, basically weekends after the Daytona 500. So maybe if they do this, uh, with the, with the high limit series next year, drivers won't be as tired because something, not all of them are going to be on the road for, for two months at that point, they might just be starting speed. They might not even go to Volusia or something. So they might be much more fresh and, and that'll uh, probably even build up the atmosphere for a, a double header like that. Yeah. I'd be interested to see if, like you said, if that was like the first race for golden Isles to start off the season. I feel like uh, even more, you know, because some people probably picked and choose. If you're a late model person, you right. probably wanted to go like the, you know, that convent, the regular date that you've been going there for the last, you know, decade plus is just going there right in January and see some uh, good late model racing to kick off. Uh, Kyle, you were from afar as well. Congrats on the conference championship. Uh, the team you must have been playing were junior high kids because you guys won by like 40. So congrats. That was a good dominating performance. <laughs> cool to see you guys cut down the nets. But obviously you tuned in for the races as well. Uh, what was just your vantage point of what you saw from uh, being up there in the, the Northeast? I was supposed to actually be there on um, Saturday. Well, initially, you know, like once the schedules came out back in January and like over the winter, that was uh, one of the weekends that I had on my tentative schedule. Um, and then, um, but obviously watching from afar and, and being able to just be with my basketball team. Cause we were, yes, we did play for our conference championship and won one by quite a bit, 36 uh, kids executed the game plan to the T. So that was, that was, you know, sweet. And, uh, but that night uh, watching that race, um, it's, it's just like golden Isles. Uh, I've always like appreciated it um or have always thought that like dirt late model racing and the drivers like really like uh pairing up with the sprint cars uh on a nightly program because it there's just like something about a sprint car that uh that like not only winds out the track and and like progresses the track to point by feature time to where or just like through the night uh just like widens out the track to a point where um you know i feel like the racing is better maybe you know the last half of that race on saturday probably not so much but you know the first 25 laps of that race you know i thought was really compelling and um i just thought you know i mean there's there was the two the two drivers that uh you know chris madden and mike mike marler uh, who've had both of them, they haven't had terrible speed weeks. They've had pretty good speed weeks here, uh, but neither of them have won or had one going into Saturday. So uh, to see Mikey Marler pick up that victory, uh, it's a big boost for him. You know, he uh, obviously a little too early to be looking at points, but uh, I mean, when you look at the, you know, the top 10 in points right now, their top eight, uh, 
yeah, the top 10, because Alberson, you know, he's 10th. You know, he's he's been running well enough to, you know, if he ran well enough, he could be knocking on the door of the top four in points. But uh, point said, you know, Mike Mike Marler's win on Saturday is very timely for him. Uh, and, and, and certainly the pick-me-up a booster that he's needed. Um, he's had some off nights, obviously, you know, in speed week so far. So it was good for him to to get that first one out of the way. Um, but no, I enjoyed it. You know, uh, I think the, the, the next, um, high limit Lucas oil series doubleheader is October 1st at atomic. So wish there was another doubleheader in between, but, um, you know, it was, it was good. Oh yeah. I forgot about Marler's 20 lapper at, uh, Volusia too in the semi features. Um, so, but full field win for him. First one at Gold Niles this year. So good for him to uh, pick that one up. Uh, it's, I feel like nobody's opposed to seeing Mikey Marler in victory lane. So it was nice, nice way to kind of put a bow on speed weeks. Yeah. Big time win for Mike Marler, 20 grand. Uh, the High Limit Series and the Lucas Oil Series at Golden Isles 2.0 definitely took the weekend's headlines. Another big weekend headline, so we can go straight to our topic. You know, we have all this talk about AI and robots taking over jobs, and people are concerned. Heck, you go to the McDonald's now, they don't even have workers there. They just have a kiosk where you press the buttons. This past weekend, Lincoln made some noise there. Uh, Kyle, you were there as well. We'll go right back to you. They got a virtual flagman with this huge board where the flagman's on they obviously had the regular flagman in there just kind of going to incorporate it slowly but surely but is this going to be the future at racetracks where we're going to have a virtual flagman it'll be controlled with uh buttons up from top by the race director so example it'll be like uh eric grigsby with the dirt car series that they did do this uh he would have a button where he press green white checkered and then had the flagman pop up and different lights show uh is this going to be the future of racing? I know some purists probably do not like it. It's like taking away from a flag man that's been part of history for a while, but at the same time, just the modern technology we have, it's not putting the flag man in harm's way, especially in sprint car country. How was it? How did it shake out this past week? And what were the people saying about it? And I don't know. The screen's definitely huge on that flag stand. It's um... – I mean, so like to put it all in perspective, to the best of my knowledge, I don't think there's any dirt track in the country or in the states here uh, that have what Lincoln is 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 launching uh, here. Uh, and so I know that there's a, a few tracks in Australia that Lincoln uh, they've been they've been uh, consulting with who uh, have taken this route with the virtual flagman. So. Um, I mean, it's for sure a ground, a groundbreaking endeavor, uh, to, to have this virtual flag, man, that, uh, has certainly sparked a lot of conversations on social media and, uh, have maybe, have maybe brought up to the, or, you know, just like to the casual diehard dirt track racing fan who hasn't known anything otherwise over the years of seeing, an actual person, a human being in the tower that, that like 
that they maybe are concerned that this is going to hurt the younger generation and the you know the the kids who bring their their toy flags and sit in the stands and wave them and this and that and think that this isn't a good thing for the sport when in actuality you have to you have to look at like okay like what what is the the role of a flagger these days in the modern modern day of dirt racing and uh the the pros and the cons of having an actual flagger in the stand the cons certainly over over the years have not measured up to the pros in terms of like lincoln speedway's flag stand in particular like i've noticed it 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 sits pretty low like on the front stretch and um i know that over the years so basically like why why lincoln speedway has done this I mean, there's a few reasons why. I mean, why we're seeing it now and so soon. So their flagger actually had retired at the end of last year. And uh, instead of hiring another flagger or training another flagman, uh, they had already kind of thought about, okay, you know, at one day here, perhaps pretty soon, we can we can go this virtual flagman route. Well, once they're flagman had retired and stepped away at the end of last year they thought it was perfect opportunity to go try it and so um and these days too like whether people know it or not or want to accept it or not like a dirt race is is being controlled and managed by the race director who isn't in the flagman spot anyways he's usually in the tower he's watching from above and so uh i mean that alone like the race director is 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 signaling and relaying everything that needs to happen to the flagger anyways so um i mean that's that hasn't changed um here the only change is like if you look at pictures on social media like there's the video boards there's one facing the front stretch you know when drivers pass by the flag stand they can see like animations and see the video board and then the second screens facing toward the the front stretch grandstand so uh it's nice to watch on the stream too because you can you can see uh that the like the animation is pretty clearly from the live stream too so i mean there's there's a lot of pros to take away from this i mean like the tracks used it as an extra billboard for sponsorship too and uh based off of what i've talked with them about you know the virtual flagman and the boards that they're using for it for the future. I mean, they have a lot of pretty cool ideas and they can put like lineups on there for the fans to see on the front stretch and lineups perhaps on the, on the front stretch too, for drivers to, to see, uh, you know, as they're passing by under caution. So, I mean, there's a lot of positives and a lot of innovative, a lot of innovation, you know, to really take away from all this. I know at first people can maybe be a little, leery of the concept because of right. ai and uh all of that but hey i mean i thought it went smoothly in lincoln and and i mean they like the concept behind it no pun intended but there's a lot of green flags behind you know what they're trying to do so we'll have to see uh if it sparks you know some if it sparks a movement callback i'm a boomer I'm going to make this argument. 
Why are we going to get rid of history of a flag man? Dave Farney is going to be out of a job if you don't know who Dave Farney is. He's a guy that does the flagging at Charlotte, does a little spinnies at Volusia as well with the flags. He, you know, he puts on a show there. Also, how can the tracks afford all this? That some of them can't even barely open the gates, according to some promoters. So, how, what are we going to do here? I mean, I'm a boomer. I don't want to get rid of it. So, how can we? How, how can we make this argument here? Well, you obviously you have to put the money into putting these LED screens up. Uh, you know, maybe overall over the long haul, if you don't have a flagman, you're not paying a flagman all the time. Uh, maybe that balances out. You know, it pays for itself. It's something new. It's something to talk about. Uh, obviously, we wouldn't be talking about Pennsylvania's Lincoln Speedway uh, sprint car opener. Uh oh, you know, you got a little little spit up there, Derek. Don't get your uh, rocket chassis, new rocket chassis shirt messed up here right off the bat you just got that shirt you know uh but yeah it it, it could it, it'd be something that um uh you know to, to change the the whole outlook of the night i mean I, again we're, we're talking about lincoln because of something different what they're trying here uh again though man it, it's uh, there's there's people that say it doesn't matter having that flagman up there, you know, like a flagman shouldn't be part of the show. I saw people make these comments. I saw someone make a comment about Volusia, uh, about Dave Farney, who's, if everyone doesn't know, he's he's from central New York. Uh, he's always been up in those, you know, like Syracuse mile and he's done the, all these, all the dirt, uh, dirt race, dirt sanctioned races up in the, in central New York area for years and years. And he could be flamboyant up there. He definitely spins the flags at, at the at the two to go signal, and you know he points with his flag at lapped cars or the leader as he comes by. So he he's not just standing there and holding a, a flag over the over the railing. Like I've been to a lot of racetracks where it like you might as well have a virtual flag man because the 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 starter up there does absolutely really nothing. He he's just literally just standing there and barely i've seen guys barely even wave a flag you know the green flag or check or yellow flag just kind of hold it there dave farney's not that kind of guy he's 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 part of the show and there's people that think that maybe oh that you don't need to have a flagman as part of the show they're supposed to just be up there waving a flag that's it they just do what the uh the, the race director tells them when a yellow comes out they do it they're not making a call on the on a, on a restart jump or anything. Um, but man, I, I, I've been going to races a long time and I like having a flagman. It is nice to see a flagman want to be into it and, and do some things and get, and get the crowd going, you know, um, like a Dave Farney does. I mean, there used to be flagmen that went out on the racetrack to start way back in the fifties and sixties and seventies. And they, they were definitely something you wanted to see that flat that people wanted to see. This takes that away. It does eliminate the possibility of a. Uh, I mean, it is dangerous being up on a flag stand. I mean, let, let, let's just admit that, especially with a sprint car race. Sprint cars can go flying up in the air. They can go flipping. Uh, something could happen. There's there's pictures of flagmen flying through the air after getting the flag uh, stand knocked over by a uh, crashed into by a sprint car. You know, in some places, some you can find some of them on uh, online. And if you put a flagman up too high be, to try to avoid a more danger, hey, they're probably too high to even be able to be seen by the by the drivers. Like at Charlotte, I mean, that flagman's and Dave Farney's up in the flagman saying at Charlotte, he's so high up there, I don't think anybody in the car can barely see him. So 
that's that's a point there. Why why need a flagman? Why put him in harm's way? Uh, but man, right, Derek? I I think I want to see a flagman up there doing some stuff. You know, do doing a little bit of flamboyant uh, actions. Yeah, I mean, I guess is the the like the cost of it is it gonna be worth the like the reward? Like, is it like worth it to a lot of these tracks now? Like, are the national series gonna like? Say if you're going to have one of these races, you're definitely going to have to have these put in. I think though, if you're a flagman and we still have them, you got to look a little professional out there. Sometimes you have a guy in a cutoff and jeans. Like we got to be part of the show here. I don't know. I'm just. I think it's. I don't know if it's going to. Is it make it safer? I guess. I. I don't know. I mean, because a flagman, if they can't see him anyway, does it really matter? Because they're hearing the person's voice. I don't know. There's a lot of. A lot of things, a lot of scenarios and different steps to go through. Just uh, we'll have to wait and see. I, I think that we need the flag, man. It's just part of the history of racing now. I don't know. What do you think, Kyle? What do you think about all this, I guess? It's definitely like, it's definitely, it's definitely weird. Well, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, people will see pictures of, they'll see pictures of the virtual flag, man. Like if you're looking at pictures from this past weekend, uh, the icebreaker at Lincoln on Sunday, uh, people ask, you know, why is there a flagger in the virtual flagman spot or still in, in the flag stand? And that's because, I mean, they're in, in the transition period here, the first, at least the first two races. So this week and also they're going to have somebody, uh, in that spot. And so, uh, just in case anything, you know, happens and, uh, obviously want to just make sure the endeavor gets off uh smoothly so that's why you're going to see at, at least a flagger uh flagman in that or in the flag stand this weekend and perhaps even going into the weekend after too so um i don't imagine so like those video screens uh i was told they cost it upwards to 50 grand both of them to have them installed up and running uh, to make this all happen. So, I mean, when you look at it from that perspective and like Lincoln, like, uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're co-owned. It's co-owned by Mike Hefner and Jerry Parrish and Alan Kreitzer. And, and, uh, I mean, three, you know, three gentlemen in the sport who, uh, who can make things who, if, if they have an idea that they want to come to, fruition and if they want to put money into their facility you know they've they've certainly shown to done that so to have done that so other tracks like you know fifty thousand dollars if we're talking about here to 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 make this all happen a, a virtual flagman uh happen i mean that's a lot of money right so um i think from that standpoint uh it, it it'll take like if the virtual flagman is is the not the new way but if it's something that more tracks are considering i mean i mean i don't i don't really see how in dirt track racing um like the virtual flagman will ever overtake the actual flagger like i'm talking about like you know more tracks running it than not or having a virtual flagger so i think the 
the leg that legacy part of the sport like i think that's safe for uh at least for the next decade you know you'd have to say um but maybe i mean it, it it's certainly an intriguing topic and it's certainly one worth talking about i mean there's also two super late model races at lincoln speedway this year in pennsylvania too so it's not like it's just a sprint car track i mean appalachian mountain speed week races there you know all of those races are on flow uh, and I believe the Bernheisels they promote a race, a super late model race in, in October too. So, um, I mean, as a kid, I remember, and I'll end my thoughts here with this. I remember as a kid, I went to Hagerstown Speedway for a regular show, it was a weekly show, and like there was a horrific crash on the front stretch. I think it was like Brian Booz's car. I mean, blew to pieces and knocked down the whole front stretch fence. And the flagman that night, he he had he had to be hosp- he had to be hospitalized. And so um, I remember that night, and it was pretty scary. From you know, just like being a kid watching it all happen. So people can say, "Oh my gosh, you know, you know, you're you're." taking away a potential place in the sport for a kid to want to grow up into. But then me as a kid, I'm sitting there watching this all happen. And I'm like, I never want to be a flag man after watching that. So it's just <laughs> like, it goes, it, it goes both ways. And people, you know, you have to recognize both, you know, uh, yes, there's a legacy part that it has in the sport, but it's, it's dangerous. I mean, people, have, every, I feel like everybody's got a story of watching a flagger get hurt or injured or almost be, or be put in harm's way. And if we can take one guy off the racetrack, you know, standing over top the racetrack, then, you know, let's, let's be open for this. Yeah. And Kovac, we have a memorable uh, flagman getting hurt and injured at Mansfield during the original, the first uh, dirt million uh, back in, what was that? 2018 or yeah, 2018. I think the first one he got, the flagman legend gets absolutely smoked by a rock. Uh, people think he might be having a heart attack or something because he just collapses like he gets knocked out. He's in the flag stand. They had to stop the race, red flag it to make sure he was okay. So I guess in that sense, if you're going to, you know, for safety purposes, as we mentioned a few times, it is, okay. I mean, it, it does make sense. Uh, but, yeah, that was a crazy night there where the flagman got smoked by, uh, by a rock. And he was okay. He had a black eye. And then, of course, he's great. He goes down in victory lane. He's right there next to Earl Pearson Jr. Oh, yeah. He was bloodied up. I mean, there was a lot of rocks flying around at Mansfield that race. Uh, remember, geez, a rock flew all the way up to the tower and shattered a window in the tower. That was a long way. I mean, that stuff can fly. And I mean, and not just uh, rocks. I mean, debris, everything. Uh, it's it's rough on some, it could be rough on some flagmen uh, when they're on that tower. I mean, on that stand. Uh, so close to the action. I mean, it's, it, it's, it, it's danger. I mean, th- that's a thing that could be the drive uh, racetracks have to think about. Maybe it even makes your insurance go down. If you don't have a flag man on that, on that stand uh, so close to the, to the race cars uh, and in, 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 again, in harm's way, uh, it, it, it reduces that, that danger. Uh, it, and then you don't need a flagman to do all the things that used to be done. A starter, God, a starter, when I, when I was first going, I mean, a starter would be climbing down out of the flag stand 
uh, during caution flags, going on the racetrack, telling guys, you go in this spot, you go in that spot. Uh, they tell drivers, you know, you go to the rear. They were like in control of things that happened. They were, they were radioing to him, to, to the starter, but they didn't have the one-way radios uh, back in the day like they do now to the drivers. Uh, so it would they, you know, it would be even guys, uh, Swagman down there writing numbers on the board to how to line drivers up. Uh, you don't need that anymore. Flag, uh, a starter doesn't even call the, the jumps a lot of times. I mean, there's they might help a, a, a race director make that kind of call, but normally it's just the race director or that turn four official uh, that does that. So you, you, you don't need a, a starter for that either. But I still do think that it's it's part of the show. You know, like you see those kids that are in the stand. There was a kid of, at East Bay, uh, behind the behind the starter all week long during the late model races he had his little set of flags he's out there uh, i mean heck those kids if there's a virtual flagman they become the flag they might have they might like it better you know there won't be a flag an actual flagman they're the ones that are just behind the flag stand uh that probably the drivers could even see their they're flagging better than the guy up on the on the tower uh so uh uh, that that'll be weird. And one thing I think that'd be very strange with a virtual flagman is the end of a race. Uh, that you see those double checkered flags flying over uh, the winner of a race. That's part of like that's the picture. That's the that's the deal at the end of a race. You you get a shot of that driver winning the race with 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 checkered flags, you know, flying over their car as they come across the finish line. And, and that's gone. I mean, you have something, a screen, I mean, you have to be in the right angle too, uh, as a photographer, the see, to see the, the, the screen that's facing the drivers. That'll just be weird. Not having checkered flags flying over that, that, that guy that wins and you, you don't get that special picture. So uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think this is going to be something that catches on all over the, all over the country. I mean, you don't want you mean to tell me in victory lane you don't want to put move the screen over where it's like the you know virtual flagman. If we do do virtual yeah. flagman though, I'd say that we have to have Dave Farney be the guy, like the yeah. what would you call it the the actor in the in the video. I don't know exactly if it was. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather not, instead of a screen instead of a screen, I'd rather have an animatronic flagman. If you're gonna go this far, you know, like you're not gonna have a real uh, human being up in the flag stand. Put an animatronic up there. At least then he could uh, throw the animatronic flagman uh, could throw <laughs> the checkered flag over the finish of the race and throw a green flag. And also, I think that would, uh, you know, that mean that that'd be better than just having a screen there to to, to show animated, you know, uh, pictures or, or videos or something of a flag guy, flag st uh, starter. And. No doubt, technology has improved racing over the last 20 years with the radios where they can communicate. Remember back in the day, you would have a guy come out of the track, try to point what position they're at, like Kovac mentioned, and the guy wouldn't listen. They're just like, whatever, whatever. Now they have person in their ear. It's probably loud and annoying. They're like, okay, we'll get back in our spot. Uh, just like different lights and, you know, the green, yellow, uh, red, like, you know, that are all over the place on racetracks. Yeah, technology has definitely improved it. If we're going to take out extra scenarios or circumstances that might affect it, because I have seen races in the past where that flagman just throws a yellow and doesn't listen to the person up top, and they like start fighting with each other. If it's like a series director that said, "Hey, I didn't call the yellow," the flagman is just kind of doing his due due diligence of making sure everybody's safe. But at the same time, 
you know, the flagman might not throw the yellow because he doesn't deem it to be, you know, dangerous or, you know, they can still go. So a lot of different scenarios that play out. Um, I'm, with, I'm with you, Kovac. I don't think it's going to be like a huge overnight thing, if at all. I, I would feel like a huge, like, overall governing body of everything in racing, which like a big, like, over everything in motorsports, then they would have to change it. But like I said, I, I don't think that people – uh, for the most part in dirt track racing are going to, you know, switch into it. I think a lot of the people in our sport are like the old school way of a flagman uh, and stuff like that. But it's, I don't know. I thought it was a very cool thing of, with technology and just different things that have, uh, that have come up here in the last couple of years. All right. So what was, I guess the last thing is you got anything else, anybody about this topic? I know Kyle, you're there. For the most part, what do the drivers and all them say about it? Did you talk to any of them? I talk with a lot of drivers, uh, especially Danny Dietrich, who's I feel like if if there's a sprint car driver like on a weekly basis, like a weekly sprint car driver, Pennsylvania posse driver that is known in the late late model world, uh, it'd be Danny Dietrich, and you know he's he's all for it um, for pretty much all the points and every point that we covered here on this show today. I mean he's He's for it, uh, you know, especially from the safety aspect of it, too. And he even made the comment that, like, you know, he he doesn't really even watch the flagger or doesn't even, like, really pay attention or, or he's just, like, a flag man. Like, he's just not, like, that's just not on his mind, you know, really watching the flag man as the race develops and plays out, too. Um, as far as, like, I feel like uh, if there's one more thing to touch on, it'd be, like, um uh the flag that the blue flag with the yellow stripe down the down the middle to 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 be to uh signal to the lapped cars and the slower cars to hold their line you know because the leaders come in and so basically like i was going or i had saw all of like the animations that would pop up on the virtual flagman board and so basically to replace that flag uh a big sign that'll say leaders are approaching hold your line that'll show um on the screen so um and then also too like if you look closely um at the virtual or just the the screens on the flag stand i mean they've they filmed uh an actual flagger with like animations of of like waving a green flag waving a checker flag waving a caution flag so uh, there's still that aspect of it too. Um, so, yeah, hey, that'd be hey, Kyle. That'd be pretty cool. We can flag you. We can we can re- record you uh, with the green flag or a checkered flag, and <laughs> hey, we'll put you up on the board. You know, right? You we can, can do, do that. that you right? Do it. it could be a sponsorship thing. Like, hey, that's yeah. The flag yeah. of like you the... know, it could be a, a company of a plumbing business, a company of anything. Like, oh, look at we can record them, and it says like you know. Chris's plumbing network or something like his That's sponsors. Right. So I could, do think there's you, a lot of new, get... new avenues for revenue, as Kyle mentioned earlier. But yeah, I, I think Kyle should be the national brand, hey. the default brand for the flag guy. Yeah. Put Kyle hey, up there I on mean, the board. You know, we could dress him up in different, you know, outfits like for every, you know, like uh, he could be Uncle Sam on the 4th of July and we'll make him like, you know, a, well, we'll put them, I guess, some other outfits, you know, for other, we can put them with a leprechaun on, say, you know, March, you know, yeah, exactly. We can do all those things, you know, it opens up a lot of things. You want, that's my, 
I think that's my calling in life. I think we found it. Virtual flagger. <laughs> there we uh, go. Yeah, we, hey, hell, <laughs> you can off. even you can even get your dogs or something, you know, with the flag and put they record them. People can send in videos of like themselves uh, flagging, uh, you know, in their backyard, like with their animals or something, you know, and and put that up. If they're going to use the virtual flag, man, might as well, you know, lean into it, right, Kyle? Absolutely. Hey, that's a good idea. I'll have to pass that idea <laughs> along to uh, the, the upper management at Lincoln Speedway and see what they say. So yeah, there um, you go, right? Who, who knows if if uh, you see it happen, then or if you see that happen, and then you know where that idea came from. So, okay, if they start making money out of that too, so I get let me have a five percent. Okay, some right? commission, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh. Another thing kind of cool and definitely out of the realm of dirt track racing, a virtual flagman is Lincoln debuted it uh, this past week. And obviously they're going to keep, you know, phasing out the flagman and different things. I saw, read that article, how they're just going to, every week new features will be added to it. They're just kind of getting their feet wet here. Uh, I don't know. How do you think Steve Gigas is handling all this, uh, Kevin Kovac, the Hall of Famer? He's always out shooting at Lincoln and uh, that area. I think he's okay with this. Uh, I mean, the veteran Hall of Famer, he's used to a flagman. How's he know when the final lap's going to happen if he can't see? I know he's not. He's he has to look at this board. It does face the stands, though. There's one that faces the stands, uh, so he can see that. But yeah, it's going to be a little, it's a little different than actually. I didn't ask. He's been, he was texting me a whole bunch yesterday, uh, uh, you know, about some things, and uh, and he never. Uh, I never asked him about it. I should have done that. Uh, maybe I'll have to text him back and do that. But he was texting me pictures, uh, Derek. He said he had to put his 10,000 some pictures on that he's been taking for the last few years onto a hard drive. And he's sending me all these pictures from like uh, our past races, you know, like me buying cookies out in Phoenix and you with him out there in Phoenix and all kinds of things. So, uh, uh oh, he's been sending he, me to his reminiscing. He's been yes, busy. He's been busy. Uh, Did he send you the pictures there. also of, of him as a motorcycle, a motocross racer back in the day? You know, he's, oh, he a, showed me. He's a legend. Yes, he was pretty he good. He also showed me a picture muffin. sitting on Santa Claus's lap when he was four years old and yes. when he made the newspaper for the first time. Giga, we have to have Gigas on sometime. We can tell us and he can tell some stories on here. Yes. Maybe. And you, as you can tell, Chloe here, her thoughts on the uh, virtual flag. She said, yes. keep it old school. She's falling asleep. She's like, this is not even an argument. <laughs> flag men uh, are way better than virtual. So, uh <laughs> As mommy had a doctor's appointment, I had to watch Chloe, and she uh, got a little tense there for a little bit because she was fired up that we're going to get rid of Flagman. And she's like, if I'm going to go to the races here, I want to be down there in the front stretch, you know, waving the green, white, and checkered. So, uh, yeah, she's uh, – I don't know. I, I'm a fan of the old-school way. Call me just an old-school old way or a boomer. But you never know. It does does bring some safety features and could be some ad, ad revenues as well. So Lincoln Speedway going with a virtual Flagman. We'll see how it pans out and see if other tracks across the nation, specifically up there in the uh, you know Mid Atlantic, PA area, if they'll you know start doing that as well. Uh, one more thing, Kevin Kovac, we'll start with you. Hey, just a reminder for everyone: uh, uh, the first uh, top twenty-five of the season uh, poll for Dirt on Dirt's top twenty-five poll of the season. Uh, came out on Tuesday, uh, you know, if you remember where uh, you're listening to this on Wednesday. So check that out and you can see uh, what the rankings were, the first ones of the year. Kind of waited till after Speed Weeks. It and was after tough. This, uh, 
yeah, after this Golden Isles race, you know, so everything that's been raced so far uh, has been uh, accounted for. And, and uh, you'll, you can check that out on, uh, make sure you check that story out in the, and look at those rankings and, and, and see yep. if you agree with uh, the top 25 power rankings so far. I hope that top 10 stays like this the whole year where it was very hard to put, you know, drivers in certain positions. Cause you can make arguments of uh, JD being in the top five or Devin Moran being argument number one. I know he had one vote. It was, it was, it was tough to find that scientific method of how you're going to vote uh, during during the post-speed leaks, but it was exciting. Uh, Kyle McFadden, what about you? Um, yeah, Schaefer's Oil Spring Nationals kicking off uh, this this Thursday, actually, at Waycross Motor Speedway, uh, you know, the 15-race mini-series or the 15-race series here to, uh, to launch one of the one of the many regional tours that are kicking off for your kickstarting here in March. So uh, Waycross here on a Thursday and then Swainsboro on Friday and then Sonoya, uh, both Swainsboro and uh, Sonoya 10,000 to win shows on Friday, Saturday, uh, live on flow racing too. So uh, make sure to uh, tune in oh, to no. those races oh, no. um, as the national tours are off here for a few weeks. Yeah, we've been partners with Ray Cook for a long, long time. Uh, great to see them kick off their season. Spring Nationals has been a big thing and a big part to help Dirt Under grow. And Ray Cook's one of the best people in our industry. So good luck to them this yes, weekend yes. as we kick off racing in March. March is going to be here, which is crazy to say. And Tommy, oh no, you sad too about the about the flag. He is sad too. He sounds. Yeah. He does sound like he sounds very. He's saying, "Oh no," right? So. <laughs> my thing was my one more thing is let's see here i gotta find it there it is i want to give a shout out to tyler clem winning ten thousand dollars in st august from st augustine florida at a henry county motorsports park isn't that where booms that booms from like is, isn't that it's down there? Down there, I thought he was, he was supposed to take some test laps there. I guess right, wasn't he? While he so was, uh, congrats to Tyler Clem. Campsite in Okeechobee. The, yeah, so congrats to Tyler Clem. Ten thousand dollars. That's that's a huge payday for the young driver. But my one more thing is like, boom. I mean, I know you're trying to run Lucas Oil, but when you have a local race in your backyard, you think you'd go support it and uh, go race there. Then you could go to you know Brenda's, the bar they like to go to down there, post race celebrations. But uh. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool that we had another race in Florida uh, that caught my eye. I didn't even know that race was actually happening. So when I saw like the photos and stuff that Tyler Clem won. I thought that was that was pretty cool down there in uh, South Central Florida, way down there in between I think Naples and uh, Miami. So Lake Okeechobee area oval. Shout out to Tyler Clem getting that Tyler Clem getting that win. So that's my one more thing. Well, racing ain't stopping. We're going to continue racing all year long. Be sure to check out live events on Flow Racing like the Ray Cook Spring Nationals and other events across all genres of motorsports at Flow. Be sure to check out Dirt on Dirt with cool photos, editorial, live updates of different races that, races that happen throughout the entire country. Uh, we're going to be ramping up as March Madness gets going with racing as well as hoop season. Cannot wait for that. Uh, keep your browsers locked into dirtondirt.com and Flow Racing. Until next time, this is the Dirt Reporters. Thank you for watching.